Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope that you are all staying healthy in your homes this morning. Uh, it's a little bit sad to preach to you all alone in this room instead of getting to see your faces, um, but I am still glad to be able to connect with you in this way. I hope that you are all finding ways to connect with your friends and family and also finding ways to serve in the midst of all this strangeness. Um, the Lord is with you in all of that. It seems sort of fitting to me that all of this has happened while we've been in the middle of a series on prayer. I don't know about you, but I have felt a new draw to prayer these days, if only to ease my anxiety and help me to remain in love when there's so much fear in the air. I heard someone recently say that while you think people would come together during a pandemic, history has shown us that something else, that people are actually terrible to one another in times like these. I think that's helpful to know what we might be capable of, and it turns me back to prayer. The news seems to be saying that before this gets better, it's likely to get worse and feels even scarier. And so it's more important than ever that you remain grounded in the love of God so that you will still be able to love even when you feel scared, even when everyone around you, around you feels scared. It also seems fitting to me that we should hit on the very specific prayer for daily bread today. Give us this day our daily bread. It is a prayer for what we need, not forever, but for the day. These days, lots of us are praying for our needs, and somewhat desperately too sometimes, I think. And Paul makes some big promises about this kind of prayer. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He promises a peace that transcends all understanding. I have experienced that um, coming to prayer and leaving it more at peace, more calm, more able to love than just um, freak out, as I am prone to do sometimes, even though the circumstances haven't changed. But I've also had times when my prayers have, been, have made me more anxious, like prayer just becomes another chance to ruminate on all the things that are stressing me out, and I come out worse than when I started. I wonder, as you have prayed this week, how have you come away from your prayers? And prayer is never a guarantee of peace, and nor is it like a formula, like if we pray the right way, that we'll always come away serene or we'll always get what we want. And it's also true that whether our prayers are calm or frantic, God will always hear them. But I think learning to pray as Jesus taught us can help us, and following his example can teach us a little bit more to live like him, knowing his peace, sharing in his love. So we should pay attention to that. I mean, I imagine that you all, like me, want to know Paul's peace that transcends all understanding. That you want to move away from praying with a tight chest, a fearful heart, grasping for relief. And I think Jesus' prayer teaches us something about finding that rest in knowing and surrendering to the great giver, whose love never fails us. So let's talk about that. Um, I'm going to step back and say a few things about the order of the Lord's Prayer up until this verse, and then we'll move, um, move on and look specifically at the words that Jesus, is, that Jesus uses in this one line. Uh, so first, the order. If you, if you look at the prayer, you'll notice that Jesus begins his prayer with a bunch of verses that all say your. Your name be hallowed, your kingdom come, 
your will be done. And only now, halfway through the prayer already, does he move on to us and our. The order of the prayer, or the order of the requests in Jesus' prayer calls us to look to God first, not to ourselves and to our circumstances or to the list of our needs. As you pray, first take a look at the one to whom you are speaking. To skip over the first lines of the Lord's Prayer is to let our need get in the way of the giver, focusing on the thing that the things that we think we need that we do not have. That will always make us anxious. And we're trained to think that way, hour upon hour of commercials, an ad on every page of a magazine, they remind us of what we don't have. And so we need to practice the discipline of taking our eyes off of our needs, off of stuff, off of want, to look to the giver. We begin our prayer by recognizing God's abundance, God's love, and our place in God's story. Our Lord's Prayer begins this way. Remember God's name, Father, Almighty, the beginning and the end, Shelter, Rock, Provider, the lover of your soul. Remember God's kingdom, a kingdom of goodness, of peace, where there is no hunger or sickness or fear or death, a kingdom that is coming even now. Remember God's will, that all people will be brought to share in God's goodness, that all that is broken in this world would be made whole. Remember these things first, and your need will be put in its rightful place. Your need only exists within the love and the care of our God, who is leading the whole of creation to its final redemption, when all tears will be wiped away and everything made new. Before we even approach our long list of requests, take the time to put them in their place and to remember that it is your Father in heaven who loves you, who you can trust, It is your Father in heaven to whom you will hand that list. Then when it does come time to pull out your list of needs and start making requests, you are already less fearful and desperate because you have set your eyes on your Father and your Father's abundant and unfailing love rather than just on what you lack. I think Paul hits on that in his passage on Philippians when he says, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Thanksgiving, gratitude, is another way to remember exactly who it is that you are talking to. The order is important. Fix your gaze on God, and then move on to what you need. So then let's look a little closer at this verse in particular. Give us this day our daily bread, and we'll take a look at four words. Give, bread, daily, and us. So first, we begin with the simple word, give. The word calls us, the word give calls us to receive freely from God. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray. This is the place where we open our hands to receive gifts from the God who is the giver of all good things. In James chapter 1, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good 
is a gift to us, and we can do nothing but receive it. You cannot earn a gift, you cannot bargain for it, you just have to accept it. It's free. Often in prayer, it can be tempting to try and strike deals. You know, God, if you get me through this, I promise I'll never tell another lie and I'll pray for two hours every day. But God doesn't need anything from us. God doesn't need our prayers or our virtue. Actually, those things are gifts to us too. We can only receive from God and say thank you. And so we can let go of trying to manipulate or con God into giving us our way by praying the right way or doing the right things or by keeping our minds from negative thoughts or whatever it is you come up with, as if those things would somehow force God's hand. We ask God as if we're asking for a gift. And God gives to us out of God's incredible love, not because of anything we do. That manipulative kind of prayer will never ever give us peace because we will always be left wondering if we have been good enough, if we have done enough, if we have said it the right way, if we have surrendered the right thing. But our God knows what we need before we ask it and our God gives freely out of love, not because we have earned it, but because of who God is. So we begin with give, and we open our hands to receive freely from the giver's hand, the one who knows better than us what we need. Second, Jesus tells us to ask for bread, not cake or a feast or even bread and butter, just bread. And the simplicity of the word calls us to be grateful for the many gifts that God gives, even the small ones, even the mundane ones. And in that, we realize that our very lives are gift. One pastor that I read said, every time you take bread into your hands, you are handling answered prayer. Every time you take bread into your hands, you are handling answered prayer. How often do we stop to recognize that? Our our culture is obsessed with more and better and faster, and it causes us to overlook the simply good, to miss so much of what God has given And we often pray before meals, but even that can become a rote formula. You know, get through it so that we can eat. How often do we actually stop to appreciate the absolute gift that it is to have food on our tables? And not just food that keeps us alive and healthy, though that's gift enough, but food that tastes good and that has more variations than we can imagine, full of color and texture, each sight smell, and taste an unnecessary gift from our God purely for our delight. God has lavished beauty on this creation, even in the simplest of things. And there is a time for feasting and extravagance, and those are the pictures that God gives us of God's kingdom come in full. And God often blesses us in that way. But if you cannot appreciate the beauty in simplicity and sustenance in bread alone, much of the feast will be lost on you as well. And there are times when the gift is harder to see than others. You know, sometimes we pray for bread, for some sort of sustenance, and expect that God will plop it into our laps, steaming from the oven. And that kind of gift does happen from time to time. But often God gives us the gifts of work, land, seeds, sun, rain, and a good recipe 
that we can then use to get the gift we are seeking, or maybe something better that we didn't even know we needed. But each of those things, even the work, each of those things is a gift from God to be enjoyed and delighted in. God has given us wisdom and ingenuity to work with the world, to create, and to be blessed by the process and the product. Sometimes God will give us something we didn't expect, and we will have to come to understand the gift that's in it. And right now we're in a really hard time, but there are still gifts all around us. May God open our eyes to see the ways that God is still giving lavishly even now. The third word is daily. Give us this day our daily bread. The word daily calls us to trust in God who is worthy of our trust. Not just once, but every day, even every moment. And that's a bit scary, um, terrifying really, because what I really want is for God to make trust unnecessary. You know, trust can be scary, especially if you've been hurt before. I want to pray, God, give me enough bread for the rest of my life so that I won't ever have to worry about it again. I don't want to have to risk that kind of trust. But what Jesus' prayer is saying is, well, you don't have to worry because these gifts come from God and you can count on God. But it will not come all at once. It will come day by day as you are with me day by day. A pastor explained it like this, today I have God and God has provisions. Tomorrow it will be the same. I will have God and God will have provisions. In the book of Proverbs chapter 30, it says this, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Give me neither poverty nor riches, only my daily bread. Don't let me settle for enough stuff to ease my anxiety if it keeps me from you. Help me to trust in you every single day. We do not pray for monthly, weekly, or yearly bread, but for the coming day. It keeps us connected to the great giver, the lover of our souls, because the truth is we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The fourth word, us, calls us to share, which is the fullest expression of that gratitude and trust we've been talking about. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. And to pray that way means that if I am given enough bread for two and a brother or sister is given none, together we still have enough to sustain us because we have prayed for it to be given to us. Of course, I could just hoard the bread while my friend goes hungry, even though we had enough. Basil the Great says it this way, the bread that is spoiling in your house belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing under your bed belong to those who have none. The clothes stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked. The money that depreciates in your treasury belongs to the poor. All is a gift from our gracious God. And when we pray that God will give us what we need, we pray not just for ourselves, but for all. 
It is a call to share with others, as God has shared with us. And I think that becomes a very natural thing to do when we pray in a way that respects the order of the Lord's Prayer and each of the words that Jesus has given us. When we know that we receive freely from a generous and trustworthy God, not for later but for today, then it becomes much easier to share our excess without fear. I think this is how presenting our requests to God can bring peace that passes understanding, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Instead of keeping our eyes focused on our troubles, we turn our eyes to the giver of all good gifts, generous and trustworthy, who frees us up not to fret in our anxiety and fear over our own needs, but to turn toward others in love. We turn our eyes to God with gratitude and trust, and we open our hands to receive whatever God chooses to give. The beauty of Jesus' prayer is that it doesn't end with us just getting whatever we want as if it were a trip to the mall. It requires us to keep coming before our Father in heaven every day, so that every day we can know our God's boundless love, our God's generosity, and our God's gracious rest. It is not prayer prayed the right way that gives us the peace that passes understanding. It's not even the power of prayer itself. We find peace in our prayers only because that is where we find God. Please pray with me. Lord, I pray for every um, everybody listening to this sermon, every person who is not at Sherman Street um, at our building this morning, but still um, is part of your church. I pray that uh, as we pray in this coming week, we would find you there. We pray that you would ground us uh, in your presence. We stand firmly on you, the rock. We shelter ourselves in you. And you provide for us. And Lord, as you, um, as you do all these things for us, that we would be free to love. Even in these circumstances, Lord, would you free us to love? May we know your nearness and your care. In Jesus' name, amen.